How do the stories we tell reflect the way we see the world? Why do we tell what we tell and leave out what we leave out? Why do stories have so much power over our thoughts and feelings? Welcome. Join me today as we discuss the ways that these tales are more than stories. When I was in middle school, there was a storyteller who would come every couple of months. I don't remember much about her. She was an older lady. She always wore a shawl. I remember that. But they'd call us out of class and bring us into the library, and she would sit in her rocking chair. We would sit at her feet, and she would tell us stories. Old folk stories, mostly. Sometimes they had a character named Jack, usually Jack. Sometimes they were about a deal gone wrong, maybe even with the devil. Sometimes they were about tricksters. Sometimes they were about fools. Sometimes they were about ordinary people. But they all had that little something that made them a folk story. Something that's hard to describe, but something that made me fall in love with that genre, that type of story. That's not when I fell in love with stories, though. One of my earliest memories is sitting on the couch with my dad. And we had this book. We called it, I don't remember the actual name, but we called it The Great Big Book of Everything. And it was a book of Disney stories. And I remember sitting there and my dad would read me The Jungle Book. And I would sit and pretend to read along. Stories have always been a part of my life. Stories have always been a part of everyone's life. Stories, after all, are as old as mankind. From the first time that humans spoke to each other, from the first time humans even thought, there was a story. In some perspectives, stories are as old as existence itself. We'll talk about creation stories in a later episode of this podcast, but in at least one, the one that I hold to, the creation story from Genesis, from the Bible, God speaks the world into existence, and the story begins. Even if you don't believe it that literally, still, the story began at the first moment. We can think of a world without stories. The Ashanti people did. They tell the story of Anansi the spider, and how he lived in a world where all stories were owned by one person, and there were no stories available anyone and he went and he bought the stories by his trickery and became the lord of stories but even then the world did not not have stories it had them they were just hidden a world cannot exist without stories because existence is a story in neil gaiman's sandman stories he talks about dream of the end a being that comes into existence, a concept even, that comes into existence at the beginning of time, and that is the root of all stories. All stories begin in dream. It is an inseparable part of reality that stories happen. But it is an inseparable part of humanity that stories are told. What do we tell them for? 
Some may say, well, we tell them for entertainment. We tell them to pass the time. We tell them to amuse ourselves. Yes, all those things are true. In fact, I don't think that entertainment really exists for us without stories. Now, you might say, well, what about a football game? What about a soccer game? What about um, a piece of music? Those aren't stories, but really, yes, they are. A game of any sort, sports, chess, cards, whatever, is a story about two people or teams competing against each other. It has a beginning. It has action. It has rising action. It has a conclusion with whoever wins. Music is a story. I challenge you to listen to a piece of music. Find one that doesn't tell some kind of story, even if it has no lyrics, even if there are no words, even if it's just a simple beat, even if it's just silence. Even silence can tell a story. So yes, we use stories for entertainment. All our entertainment comes in the form of stories, but that's not all we use them for. That only answers part of the question. What about stories that terrify us? What about stories that make us cry? What about stories that after we've heard them, a part of us wishes we never had? Do those entertain? Do they amuse? Do we use them to pass the time? No. But then some might say, then, maybe stories are for teaching. You know, we use them as illustrations and speeches and in books. We use Aesop's fables. We have the moral of the story. Those stories that I mentioned just a minute ago, the ones that make us feel things we don't want to feel, they teach us something. They teach us how to avoid feeling that thing that we don't want to feel. But that's not always true either. Sometimes there's no message. Sometimes there's no moral. And even then, we can teach without telling stories. We can just give facts. We can just write the math problem on the board. There doesn't need to be a story there. No, we use stories even when we don't have to. Even at the beginning of this episode, I could have just told you I grew up loving stories. I could have just told you why they were important to me. I could, I could have done any number of things, but no, I chose, because I felt it was best, to tell you a story. A story about stories. Because we use stories to talk about things that we can't say in any other way. We can't entertain without stories, but stories heighten our emotions. Hearing something in a story is different than just hearing it in a fact. Even when you hear a fact and for some reason that fact sparks something in your mind that you think is funny, it's because in your mind you've constructed a story around it. Same with all of our emotions. A fact does not make you sad. A fact does not make you happy. A fact does not make you scared. The story that you construct around that fact is what gives you those emotions. And sometimes we could say things without telling a story. 
Sometimes we could just say it. But it wouldn't say the same thing. Because even a bad story, even a poorly conceived one, says something that couldn't be said any other way than in that story. It might not be especially profound all the time. It might not be much different than what could be said otherwise, but it is different. It is a way of expressing ourselves that is unique to us, that we use to say things that simple observation cannot. Stories reflect the way that we see the world in a way that we can never consciously just list. We couldn't consciously say why we think that something is a cause for happiness. Why we think that something is sad. Why we think that something is beautiful. We could give reasons, but they never fully grasp it. But a story can. Not just the kind of story that you read or watch. A story could be a painting. A story could be a poem. A story, like we said earlier, could be a match in some sport. But it tells something. It tells something more than just facts. Even now I struggle to say exactly what it tells. But you know. You know when you sit and you read a story that impacts you more than anything ever has. Or you watch a movie or listen to a song that does the same thing. You're sitting there. Maybe the room's dark, like mine is now, and you're staring at a screen. Or you're staring at a book lit by your lamplight. And you don't know why the way that the story says something affects you the way it does. You knew the fact. You knew that part of the world. You knew that, that was true. Or you knew that it was false. But the story tells you that it's true. Or tells you that it's false. In a way that the fact never could. It tells you something about yourself. It tells you something about your fellow man. It tells you something about your world. That nothing else could tell you. The following episodes of this podcast, we're going to talk about a lot of different kinds of stories. We'll talk about the stories of creation. We'll talk about coming of age. We'll talk about all the different ways that we tell each other things about our world. But remember that no matter what the story is about, it says something about that topic that cannot be said in any other way than by a story. So, until next time, listeners, hear, tell, and live another story. Mm-hmm.